and welcome to PCTY Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson. During our time together, we'll stay close to the news and info you need to succeed as an HR pro. And together, we'll explore topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, and real-life HR situations we face every day. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I've invited Nikki Bosco, who works at LinkedIn as a senior customer success manager and is the global co-chair for the Veterans and Allies ERG in their organization. She's spent 14 years in talent acquisition, and her passions lie in advocating for women and veterans. Uh, When she's not doing any one of those amazing things, she spends her time enjoying long runs, completing a 200-mile race in September of 2020, and setting a new course record. Uh, Nikki, I'm so excited to have you here. What an impressive background. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So I thought I would jump right in and maybe have you start by sharing a little bit about your own journey when it comes to employee resource groups and how you got really involved in the Veterans and Allies group at LinkedIn. Sure. So um, it was back in 2016 and I had just taken a new role at LinkedIn and it was January and sitting down with my manager and she's asking me, you know, what are your goals and plans for the year? How are you thinking about this new role and what do you want to do long-term? And, um, at that time, my little brother had been enlisted in the Marines for maybe a year or so. And so during that time, he was um, so open and I was so thankful for that, but sharing his stories about boot camp and what it was like in the field and deployments. And um, so when my manager asked me that, I, I remember sort of coming right out of my mouth before I could even think about what I was saying. Um, like I want to get involved with our veterans ERG at LinkedIn. And at the time ERGs at LinkedIn, I think were, you know, slowly getting off the ground. As I think back, I'm surprised I even was aware that there was a veterans and allies ERG that I could, that I could get involved with. I think even as I said that I thought, um, I don't even know what the next step is. I think I was relying on her to maybe guide me. Um, but I'm so glad that I did because here we are today. It's been quite a journey in the last five years for the military community at LinkedIn. Um, and it's certainly been um, a fulfilling place to spend time. So that was really the foray. And funny enough, in true LinkedIn fashion, you know, kind of like a, a mini startup, right? It's kind of still, even though we're a large company, I, I got involved in the ERG and the person who was, you know, quote unquote, leading the Chicago office at the time, she said, Hey, do you want to maybe just be in charge of the Chicago office? And I was like, sure, I guess, you know, and that was kind of the, the, uh, take intelligence risks, transformation values that we all sort of show up with at LinkedIn. And, um, that, that was the start of my journey. That's amazing. Um, I, I, for our listeners, they know that I have a son who's who's serving in the Navy right now. So um, anybody that has that kind of um, makeup in their family is definitely warm to my heart. As you've grown into your role, um, what are some of the big learning moments that you've had working in an ERG? Yeah, you know, um, a couple things. I think um, first and foremost, um, really not knowing what to do is quite normal and uncertainty. So, you know, like I said, I I, I was passionate about 
you know, having heard these stories from my brother, realizing like, gosh, we need to be surrounded by more veterans, more spouses working side by side with us in corporate America. How do I do that? And then how do I create, help create an environment of support and empowerment? And so when I first started in that role, I had no idea what I was doing. There was no playbook. Right. And so it was very, it was odd. And I think for veterans day, um, I was like, okay, we're going to do a session and we're going to invite everyone in the office and we'll have a panel. We'll have a veteran on the panel. We'll have someone who's a recruiter and we'll just talk. And it's scary because I'm like, okay, well, what are we going to talk about? Who's going to even show up? What does this even mean? What's, what are the results? What are the outcome? And I think Um, what I've learned over time is at least in the beginning, some of the, the measurements and outcomes were less important than the feelings and the emotions that we evoked in both folks on the panel, the veterans who were there, the employees who are civilians who are learning. So those feelings get evoked when there's a safe space and there's an environment and so I was so uncertain about all of these things of like, am I doing this right? Is this the right event? Is this, you know, is anyone going to show up? And what ended up happening was people did show up and they, you know, we're all human and, and, and creating that safe environment allows us to, you know, be kind to one another. And that event ended up being this huge momentum to be able to create this sort of vibe and this like energy in the Chicago office that we were able to just continue with amidst all of that uncertainty because then people were coming up to me in the hallway. Hey, Nikki, that event was so great. So that to me is success versus like how many people showed up? How long was it? Well, although those things are important too, you want to be able to look back and see how many members we've impacted. Um, but though that the learning for me is being able to reorient back to this point of if someone is coming up to me afterward and saying that they felt something positive, gosh, like that's belonging. That's the final measure. I like that you touch base on passion because one of the next questions I wanted to ask you is, um, you know, I can hear the passion in your voice and, and, you know, when we were prepping for this call, just hearing about your story, how do you see that intersection of passion and action for influencing the organization? Uh, for example, in developing new policies or programs, how, how have you brought that to life uh, through your ERG? Sure. So I think um, maybe the first year or two, passion, passion was required. And that's what sort of got me through the things I didn't know how to approach or accomplish or, you know, and also being an ally, um, not quite hundred percent, not knowing what that experience might be as a spouse or a veteran. And so passion got me so far. And I think what I learned and what I realized, um, you know, growing and, and showing up to be a leader for the group is that I had to sort of pick my head up and approach it with, and, you know, kind of look around on a swivel and think like, gosh, I need to approach this with what don't I know? I mean, this passion is, is great and it's fuel. It needs to be accompanied by this willingness to say like, I don't know, I want to learn. I need to look around and always sort of maintaining this, um, this viewpoint of a beginner's mind, which is exhausting. And you know, maybe not always applicable, but right. Because you want to have someone who's a leader, who's showing up, who's saying like, Hey, y'all, it's going to be okay. Like we're going to move through this ambiguity together. Um, but I realize that there is so much, even now I still have to learn. And if I can 
keep that mindset, it allows me to serve those around me better. So one example is, um, you know, we've got folks at LinkedIn, active duty reservists, um, you know, spouses, veterans, each, each, each individual has a different experience. And so say we've got a reservist, someone who's going off for two weeks every other month, or you've got someone who's active duty who gets called up for COVID. What happens when they come back? What, what's the process for their interview? What happens um, to your pay when you go off for your reserve duty and come back? So there are a lot of those nuances. We, I, I started to realize that if I was going to help be a change agent for creating belonging at LinkedIn, Policy needed to be a big part of that. And, I, and that was that was a big aha for me because I thought we could just do these events and create excitement. And um, that would be the catalyst to create belonging. Um, and so having picked my head up and kind of looking around and thinking like, okay, I'm two or three years into this. How, how asking myself, like, how, how can I really serve this audience? And then asking them, you know, asking the folks that are active duty, like, Hey, what's going on? What do you need? Like, what do you think about how we're doing? You know, you touched base on, you know, the activities and planning and kind of making that transition. Was there, you know, a moment or maybe there's some advice. I think ERGs run into, uh, they can often just become like these activity creators, you know, these event planners, and there's so much more that employee resource groups can do. How did you navigate not falling into that pitfall of just event after event? Not easily. And I would say we're still on that journey. Um, one thing we did was we surveyed our group. And what we found out from both uh, veterans, allies, people who just were in the Chicago office and all over North America, what we found out was that um, there was some fatigue for events there was um, fatigue for focusing on things externally versus internally. Um, but all of that information that we found out, you know, it, it certainly can vary for, for every ARG, right? I think that's less the point, but more the point of like, we asked the questions and then we heard them and kind of said, okay, how, do, how can we reorient? So um, instead of just hosting event after event, one of the things we heard too was people care about um, growth and development, a, a worry about like, how do I manage my career? How do I do that? And that manifested in a couple different ways. It was having our, you know, VP of learning and development, Kevin Delaney, get on a call with, you know, maybe just the 25 leaders who show up to our monthly calls to provide that development and provide a safe space for all of us, just as a leadership group within the veterans ERG to talk about our growth and development, pairing people up individually as mentors. And especially during this time of COVID, having someone just to check up on you and, and, and work with you to have those conversations, because I think it's, it's scary for anyone to pick up the phone and say, Hey, I'm looking for a job. I just had someone the other day. Um, it was a friend of a friend who said, Hey, he's looking for a job. Can you reach out to him? It's tough for any of us to ask for help. Um, but knowing that there's that community of support around you to lift each other up, um, that, that can happen in one-on-one -on -one and it can happen in a big group. So instead of doing a bunch of events, we were focusing internally on ourselves. How did you go about building the membership in your ERG, you know, beyond, you know, veterans and um, reservists and active duty that you have in your population, how did you tap into that ally group and really 
help them understand that there was a place for them to provide that support and be, you know, actively involved. So you're probably going to hear something different from me than maybe anyone else, but this is just what I believe. And I think it's worth a try. So my answer to that is grassroots. So for example, we, um, I, I would quite literally walk up to people's desks. Like I would take maybe 30 minutes of my lunch hour or whatever it might be. And I would, there are six floors at LinkedIn. I would do a loop around every single floor and walk up to people individually, talk through the hallway, talk, you know, we have desks that are sort of an open space. So if I'm like talking in like a pod, I might be approaching 20 people. And I would say, Hey, we have something going on today or it's veterans day week. We've, you know, come visit our swag table in the lunch, make sure to stop by. That was to me, grassroots. Like I knew that they needed to see me connected with the event versus an email. I wanted them to have a human. And to me, if I could get one or two people that I also believed would cascade and that would turn out to those folks showing up and then saying something to their friend. This is not a new concept word of mouth. I think it's, it truly is bananas how it works, but how that can scale is it's not just me walking around. It's each member of the leadership group, maybe bringing one person to an event say, Hey, just you care about me, care about me first. I'm asking you to come do this. Most people say, yes, of course. Oh my gosh. Yes. I would love to come to this veterans event. Sometimes an email or a chat or some sort of digital communication is, is easier to say no to or forget about, right? We're all human in that way. So bringing one person and making it, um, that connection, which I think is absolutely doable in this time of COVID, right? Maybe it's, I'm chatting one person on Microsoft teams. I'm not chatting a group of people. It's Nikki to one person. Hey, I care about you. I know you've mentioned this to me in the past, please show up for this. And people do. And by the time, you know, we got done in the Chicago office, people were coming up to us saying like, we recognize the veterans t-shirts and swag. Like that's the most known. I think that can make, you know, that's maybe another little lever to pull on. Yeah. So I, th- I so I think it's, it's the combination of grassroots that builds the awareness. How have you seen ERGs impact LinkedIn overall beyond just your ERG that you work with? Oh gosh, where do I start? Um, you know, I had a manager, um, that was new to LinkedIn and asked me, what's an ERG? What, what, what is this? And I, you know, I'm here, I am a global co-chair and it's, it's my life. It is my blood and passion. And I was so taken back by this question and in my head, I was like, how'd you get hired at LinkedIn? You don't know what ERGs are. And that, that was my sort of negative response. And then immediately I tapped into this part of my brain that I was like, this is an opportunity. If I, if I can't define for you in this moment, what an ERG is and the purpose and the, and the reason and the importance, um, then what are we all doing here? So, um, you know, questions like that, I think there's a lot of us out there that maybe we're want, we're wandering around, are still wandering around. We're all on different parts of our journey in terms of diversity and inclusion for underrepresented groups. Um, and so number one ERGs exist and they are there and they are, we're standing up and we're saying, Hey, this is a thing. And we're just going to make y'all aware 
that this is, this is a thing. And here's why I even had a different conversation, um, with someone in, um, Dublin in our Dublin office. And she was a manager and she was like, look, Nikki, uh, service is different here in Dublin. If someone was saying like, why does a why is it difficult for a veteran to find a job? That's not a thing here. And so that even opened my mind, you know, that we've got national service in Israel and Singapore. So ERGs are certainly there to build awareness for everyone, but also serve that group and create belonging because belonging, I believe strongly is the thing that helps us all. This is, it may sound so cliche, but it, but think about it. Like be our best selves. And if we're our best selves, we're doing our best work. And as a result of doing our best work, certainly the company is driving revenue. We've got diversity of thought, but what I'm more interested in is who's next to me the human sitting next to me or just on my team or in a virtual world, am I lifting them up? And are we lifting each other up because we're our, as a result of being our best selves. And that's more important to me, that's community. And so I think it's awareness it's for each other. Um, but I also tactically we are, you know, we've got quote unquote inclusion recruiting at LinkedIn. Now you might have a recruiter dedicated to military recruiting or a recruiter dedicated to diversity recruiting how does that person have success if there's not a line of communication to the ERG? You know, I talk to a lot of um, some of our largest customers helping them use our, our talent products to find talent. And in all of our diversity conversations, the number one thing I share is like, be the change. You want to di- recruit diverse talent and bring them in. First, demonstrate that the environment and the community and the support exists and show up that way in your emails, in your recruiting habits, in your LinkedIn profile. Um, so ERGs are absolutely a line of communication as well to demonstrate the standard for what this community is going to look like if we're going to bring more people in um, that are from diverse communities and backgrounds. So LinkedIn obviously is a big organization and... Um you know, some of our listeners are in are in smaller organizations, and they're they're in their journey of DEI initiatives. Um, but maybe they haven't reached a tipping point where they're like, "Yeah, you know, we want to create ERGs." What tactics do you think um, could be universal that companies can implement right away um, to be more proactive when it comes to DEI before that ERG lever? I'll first say that I know nothing and that I would approach this with a beginner's mind and anything I say isn't like the answer because I don't think any of us have the answer, but I would might share my experience, what I've seen, what I, uh, what, what, you know, what has worked, um, and what I witnessed. So first would be just that one-to-one. So I don't have, I mean, maybe I'm in a company of 20 people and I don't have, there's no ERGs, but my goal is to create belonging and an environment of support for underrepresented communities. So maybe there's a Marine Corps veteran and she's new to the company. Instead of sending out a survey, I just walk up to her and ask her and, you know, maybe, setting it up, getting outside the office if we can, or maybe it is just a, a team's chat or like a phone call. Like, let's get on the phone, maybe FaceTime, like some way to make it more personal. Like, how are you? Like what, what's happening in your life? I know you have this background as a Marine. Like, what does that mean to you? What, how does that, like, how do you need us to show up? Um, and just like, learn, like what, what else might you think, you know, would be useful around here? Like, what are you, what do you care about in your career? Um, and just like, I don't know. And I don't even know if those are the right questions, but approaching it as a human and how might I serve you? You have served us because I also believe that 
you and everyone around here, again, a rising tide lifts all ships. So need to learn how we can lift you up because that means you're also going to come back and lift me up. So I would start there and that conversation itself might create belonging. Um, and then I think, um, storytelling. So, you know, we're a little more mature in our journey. It's been four or five years. However, we have yet to like crack the code on storytelling. I think our last veterans event, um, community session that we did, it was a one hour session. We had our executive sponsor share what it means to be to him, to be an ally. That's a story. We had two um, veterans share their stories and they both got up there and they were amazing. They were vulnerable. I think there was some crying and it was, it was so powerful. There was like a hundred people on this zoom. So so what? Like, I don't care how many people show up that same 20 person company that to share a story though, takes a, uh, an environment of feeling safe. How much do I want to share? How truthful can it, do I feel comfortable being? And maybe that's a journey. Maybe step one is just creating the space for that person to tell that story. And then that story evolves over time. But when people hear like what that experience was like, that's where the, I think the mind opens um, and where belonging can really begin. So conversations, storytelling, um, and then like, I don't know, I, th I think in our namesake at LinkedIn, it's veterans and allies. Allies are make up a huge piece of our group. And that might not always be the case for other groups. In fact, having a safe space for just the folks that um, show up as that group is important too. But again, if we're a really small company, um, maybe it's just communicating that everyone is here for allies. Like our DC office has like 30 people in it and they all participate in each other's communication about each event, each employee resource group. So how do allies um, get involved and how are they empowered to take, you know, some ownership too? Okay, last question as I, as I wrap up our discussion. Uh, as you think about your, your own journey personally, how has your role in an ERG enhanced your professional growth and development at LinkedIn? H hands down, the most impactful thing that I have done in my career ever um, for a couple reasons. One, um, you know, when I first applied for this co-chair role, I was bewildered. I didn't think it was imposter syndrome. I'm like, I'm not going to apply. And I had a mentor and she was like, Nikki, I want you to think big. I want you to apply. And here's why. And without her push, I shudder at the thought where I would be. So, so that piece of information is useful because that also reminds me, um, not only to maybe listen to what that imposter voice sounds like and kind of interpret it differently and maybe, maybe push it aside at certain times. It also reminds me to be a mentor and to be someone like that, that lifts others up. So that, that, that was a, a very key learning next. Um, when I, when I did apply and, and got, got the role, I was, wildly afraid that I would be letting go of what was so near and dear to my heart, which was impact. I mean, our Chicago office, we were doing a ton of events and we had people coming up to us in the office. And I was so close and intimate with feeling and seeing the impact of our work that I was like, am I just going to be this global co-chair octopus head that does nothing? And like, what does this even mean? Like, what is this role meant to do? I was just like, I was very afraid. 
um, to let go of what that is and insert learning. I had stepped in, stepping into that role, the number one thing I realized was a huge aha. Instead of looking outward to create impact and cascade across all of LinkedIn and even outside of LinkedIn for veterans, I turned inward and focused on the folks that were in our ERG, the leaders that show up to our meetings. These are the ones that I'm going to put all of the fuel, effort, um, passion, belief, um, empathy, everything that I have is going to go to them and lift them up. And that is, that was the aha that like, Oh, creating this team, helping them become their best selves. Um, you know, getting everyone to work together. Like that is the, that is beautiful. And that's what cascades the impact out. So that was a huge learning for me. Um, and, and something that, you know, I learned by doing, and I listen to a million podcasts a week. Right. But, and you, I hear and study leadership all the time. Um, but having been in it, been in the arena, experiencing it for myself and stumbling along constantly, um, was, was the most impactful learning and growth for me. Um, and it set me on a new trajectory, right. That I will never, I, I can't unsee what exists out there now in terms of like how I might push myself to learn more because the person who said, no, gosh, I don't think I should apply. He's different now. Now my mind is open to saying that imposter voice maybe is gone in a, in a small way because now I'm saying, what can I do? What impact can I make? How can I show up as a leader and bring us through gosh, COVID, right? Um, any uncertainty there might be. And that in of itself, being able to serve those around me is, is really the goal. Nikki, what an amazing story. Thanks for jumping on and sharing a little bit about your journey and um, the Veterans and Allies ERG at LinkedIn. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Sherry. It is the pleasure is mine as well. Um, and I hope that uh, shout out to all your listeners. Thank you all. And uh, I hope to talk soon. This podcast is brought to you by Paylocity, a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.